Welcome to episode three of Point of View with Barry Boyce, editor-in-chief of Mindful Magazine. I'm Heather Herlock, senior editor digital at mindful.org, and today we're talking about silence and spaciousness. We live in an age where most of the physical spaces we inhabit are intruded upon by various devices, all vying for a bit of our attention. In fact, our attention is actually traded as a form of currency these days on social media. People get paid in audience and views and likes. So all of this makes seeking out solitude and creating space for yourself a very radical act. Barry, how can people begin to carve out a little silent space for themselves? So you have this kind of language that people use sometimes of leaving some space. You need to give it some space. And it sounds kind of woo-woo and odd. But what it very simply refers to is loosening up a kind of mental claustrophobia that we have where we're trying to pack so much in if we have an experience we feel we automatically and quickly need to figure out whether it's good, bad, or ugly. If we give it some space, that means we're allowing some uncertainty. We're allowing some gaps in the conversation. So if somebody says something, you don't automatically have to jump on it and respond and have it all figured out. You can leave a little bit of just a little bit of room for reflection. So the pause is important not only in terms of when you sit down to meditate, but also as you interact with people throughout your day. Silence and meditation has a aspect of uh, reducing the number of inputs that we are bombarded with. And the silence is also about not having the need to speak. We talk so much in our lives, and talk is so much of our life, that to have a little break from that, where we don't have to fill up the space with our own words, can actually be a bit of a relief. So it's sort of like turning down your performer self, so you can hear what's actually going on around you. Removing the pressure to have to say something all the time, to have to comment and fill up the space with your own speech. And you find you begin to notice people more, and you notice your surroundings more, and you notice how your verbal output is so often framing and shaping what you're experiencing. When you take a break from that, you get a chance to see 
what we often call a more spacious world. So basically, this is a polite way of telling people to shut up and meditate. I see where you're going with this. If you are talking or listening to someone talking, you're, you might say, filling up the mental space. The mental space is filled with something. If you aren't doing that and you're sitting there with just the simple task of attending to your breath, you begin to notice that you're actually even having a thought. Whereas so often we're so caught up in the chaos and the noise that we don't notice our thoughts forming and we don't notice the effect that, that, that those thoughts can have. So if we're meditating in silence and the thought emerges, I really wish my son wouldn't leave big messes in the kitchen. It really ticks me off. You can start noticing irritation and anger forming. Then you can notice that and go back to the breath. But you have noticed it because the silence has given you an opportunity to tune into that channel. Having noticed it, you don't need to write a dissertation about it or make a big deal about it. Why am I having such thoughts? What am I going to do about it? You can just let it be there. Sometimes silence can feel really uncomfortable. It can make you feel restless. And How do you get past that? If you go on a meditation retreat, which could be a half day or a day or a few days or longer, a week or more, in most retreats, there's at least some period of total silence. Um, it might be a day, it might be uh, an entire week even of total silence. Now, usually there's some kind of guideline that you use talking when it's functional and necessary. So if you cut yourself and you need to go seek help, certainly you talk. But in general, if, you, if you're leaving the meditation area and going to get some food, you simply line up and get your food and you eat your food uh, in silence. And interestingly, at first, people uh, think this is very weird because imagine if you went into a restaurant and nobody was talking. There's 60, 70 people in the restaurant, couples, groups of four or five, and nobody's talking. Well, that would be pretty weird. You'd think you were in some kind of zombie movie or something. And in fact, sometimes people who've gone on meditation retreats for the first time say, 
wow, it's like everybody is a zombie because they're not talking. But usually, most people, after a period of time, come to appreciate the silence. So practice is the way to get comfortable with silence. But do you think that tuning things out, that purposefully tuning out the world, can lead you to be disconnected with the world around you? I mean, do we run the risk of turning people into zombies, silent, smiling zombies, by advocating for meditative silence? So silence can actually change the way you communicate a bit. It can change the way you hear. It can change the way you think even a bit. Because the silence and the punctuations between the content can be as interesting as the content itself. In writing, good writers know that rhythm is a key to beautiful and effective writing, and it has a lot to do with how you punctuate. So one of the great values of meditation, really, is to punctuate our life with pauses and gaps and periods of openness where we're not trying to fill up the mental space, but we're just seeing what happens next.